Welcome to our new Green Kitchen series. I'm Janine, Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each week I'll be catching up with the Olive Cookery team to explore how we can be a bit kinder in the kitchen, from creating reduced waste recipes to choosing more sustainable meat, fish and veg, and solutions for using less plastic and packaging, as well as loads of practical cooking tips and advice to help you on your journey. I'm here with Deputy Food Editor Adam Bush. Hi, Adam. Hey, Janine. And this episode, we're talking all about clever planning and shopping so you can reduce waste and be a bit more sustainable in the kitchen. Now, Adam, you not only do a lot of shopping and testing for Olive Magazine, mm-hmm. but you also run your own supper club. So this must be something that's very close to your heart. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of like the recipe testing, like, yeah, I'm at the shops a lot. Like, yeah. I know the people in my local shops. You know, they're always <laughs> like, oh, well, you're in here again. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's part of my job. I don't yeah. just, I'm not, this isn't how much food I eat on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's lots of, and and like with the, with the supper clubs, um, I think it's really important for when you when you're catering for more people mm. to understand better how much food you actually need because i think then when you start cooking for more people you do tend to panic a bit and be like oh my god i'm gonna run out of you know like the worst thing you want to do is run out of food yeah. but actually when you cook on mass you realize that food kind of does go further than you think yeah. and if you've got a few dishes on you know like whereas your usual chicken or turkey might feed four people when you're cooking for more people when you do more sides um you you just don't need as much food as you potentially think yeah well let's start with the shopping thing Mm -hmm. because obviously that's that's a place we can all um you know relate to because we all have to go food shopping whether it's online or whether it's in real life Mm -hmm. um what are your top tips for getting started i think for me most importantly is write a list and try and do try and stick to it um i think when you go to the supermarket there's you're like inundated with deals and all these like offers and stuff. But if you've written a really concise list, um, then you, you kind of just, you really don't want to be like getting sucked into those deals because you end up buying things that you might not necessarily need or are like, you know, quantities of things that you just, you just actually don't need or can use. Um, and I think, I think, before writing your list or when you write your list, you know, you're really looking through what's in your fridge and your freezer and your cupboards Um and, and and trying to do some planning about what meals you're going to cook. So therefore, you can write a really concise list and you don't end up with too much food or like d- double packs of things that you might already have in the fridge of like, you know, I think we've all bought frozen peas when we've already got a tiny little, you know, 200 grams hiding somewhere. And you're like, oh, for goodness sake, I only need 100 grams. For the, and, you know, you end up doing that. Um, and that's that's how food gets wasted, really. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great idea to like to do an inventory check before you go. And it might sound a bit you know, OTT, but actually if you're going to do like a, a, a big weekly shop, going through the cupboards, going through the freezer, checking your fridge. I saw a thing, someone saying that you should do, if you even if you haven't got time, you should do a shelfie, which is taking a, <laughs> I love that. a self-portrait of your, um, of your fridge, you know, just snap it. And then when you're in the supermarket and go, all right, yeah, we have got X, Y, Z, um, you know, so I think I think that's a good tip. That, that's really helpful for like condiments and stuff. Because I, how many times have you bought mustard when it's hiding at the back of the fridge, or you know those little things that? Just... I'm so guilty of having about four tub. We get through it though. We yeah, do get through yeah. it, but we've got about four jars of mustard at the minute. Yeah. And actually, you picked up on a really good point there by saying weekly shop, and I think that's quite important in in today's. Um, in how we sort of cook and eat uh, uh, today is if you can try and do a weekly shop as opposed to a daily um, and that does take more planning um, 
but it's it's when you go for a weekly shop you're much less likely to buy those half packs of things or have things that you could have used up in the fridge when you say you know go to work um, and then like nip into the shops on the way back when you actually don't really can't really remember what's in the fridge or what you're fancying and then you end up with the, with those double things so i think weekly shopping where possible as opposed to yeah. like daily shopping is, is really good so definitely like the, the planning stage is really important isn't mm-hmm. it um what about the actual shopping? What kind of things are we, we looking for when we're out there? I think there's a, there's lots of places you can go to now that um, I think they're called like bulk stores or but um, where you can refill things. So basically you can then um, get right to the bottom of things and then take your jar or container and um, get your rice, your lentils. They do so many things that you don't even think that they would sell like cereals, snacks, um, even washing up liquid um, and by in doing so you're you're also greatly reducing your plastic use yeah um because i think you know anyone who goes shopping now is like you can't avoid buying plastic really and these bulk shops actually do really greatly reduce it because you take your container i mean you could literally have an old washing up liquid bottle that you use and then you know take the top off and you take it to this place and you could refill it again and again and again and it's that that making the most of those um plastic so they're not single use they're many many uses yeah and actually um you know it works out a lot cheaper because you're paying for your ingredient by weight you're not paying for packaging and as you said you're saving a lot of um waste for the environment with the plastic we've actually where i live in north london i've seen two of those pop up in my Mm. local area so Mm -hmm. they're definitely definitely becoming more popular and i even read about a couple of people who've set up mobile um refills as yeah, well yeah, yeah you know that if, if they're in your area you can maybe go online and have a look and they'll they'll come to your house park up their little van and um you can go and refill from them so i think there's a lot of that like really nice entrepreneurial ship going on where where people are, are trying to embrace that way of living and, mm, and make mm-hmm. it as easy as possible because let's face it we're all a bit if not lazy then at least knackered yeah <laughs> so yeah to make it easier no, i think that's the thing that's important is that like often to do these things it, well in the past it was hard to do you know you have to might have to search out that particular store yeah. but i think now like you say that there's, there's, there's a few more things happening um now which makes it easier for everyone um, and I think, you know, if you are when when you are in the supermarket, I think it's also really important to, to check what packaging um you're buying. Um, you know, a lot of the supermarkets have made commitments to 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 being to doing better. Um and a lot of the packaging will have different like displays on it and what type of plastic it is and what to avoid and, and what's what's good. Yeah, I I think a lot of them have committed to at least, you know, recycle recyclable packaging. Mm-hmm. Um and if it Again, it's it's personal responsibility. If you read that package and you're able to see whether how much wastage is in there. Yeah. I mean, what about if you don't want to, you know, buy in packaging? You're, there are options, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. I think all the supermarkets, you can buy so much more by just like loose by weight now, which makes it so much easier because, you know, I think we've all we've all bought that kilo bag of carrots when you need one for the thing and then you end up, you know trying to eat carrots all week which you know if, if you're if you're if you're a clever cook you can but often you know there's always that one or two which might go by the wayside and um, but buying like loose a lot of the root vegetables you can buy by loose by buying loose you can um yeah you can basically just buy exactly what you need as yeah. opposed to more. i'm definitely I'm, I'm a cereal buyer of there's only two of us in the house so if i'm making a sunday lunch i will go and buy two big carrots or three small carrots a parsnip yeah <laughs> like the smallest swede you can get 
and then you know they just go i i, I wouldn't then put them in a bag because then you're just completely negating what you've done yeah yeah you know they're hardy enough they're not going to bash no, on no, the no. Way home. nothing bad's gonna happen and actually things like you know loose tomatoes or loose mushrooms you can get these um uh, compostable or recyclable uh, produce bags yeah. you know once they get dirty enough or washable ones mm -hmm. where if you've got something that's a bit more delicate you can take that with you and i think i think taking your own bags is like it, it sounds so simple but actually so many of us forget to do it don't we yeah yeah and it's um yeah it's something that i am like it's, it's like basically now when i leave the house it's kind of like the phone wallet keys reusable bag you know that's like all my stuff like try to and mask now obviously because we're yeah um but it's like kind of like you know adding those things in because um yeah those single those those carry bags you know you i think most people have got covered under the sink or you know under the stairs with loads of carry, carry bags but if you you can avoid them completely like you say if, if it's just not putting your parsnips in one of the little carry bag and plastic bags to take just to the weighing point by by the till or bringing your own reusable bags or cloth bags um, to the supermarket to, to avoid them entirely. I've actually just got one, which is like an eco shopping bag and it folds up. To, I swear it's like the size of a, a matchbox. It's so tiny. So you can just stick it in your pocket or I put it in the side pocket of my handbag all the time. And it's, it's just... I, I just feel so smug when yeah, I yeah. put it out. I'm like, here's my. It's like, not very like James Bond with this deeply yeah. unfoldable thing that comes <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere, like like gadget. But it has. It's completely changed because because I'm in and I might actually you know be able to get more shopping and and I, I now get out my little shopping bag and then I'll put stuff in my handbag and I'll carry something. I I will do anything to avoid having to pay for a, a plastic oh, bag because yeah, yeah. it drives me insane. Yeah. But I think also you can get ones that you can clip to your keys. You know, so it's that thing that you said. It's like wallet, keys, bag, mask, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you're done, basically. Yeah. And I think even if you do speak to the supermarket as well, they'll give you boxes <laughs> as well. They often, um, when you, particularly when you go to France or you go to abroad, they always give you boxes. And if you ask the people, they have stacks of boxes out the back. True. And they can, if you know, if you want, you can carry stuff in in cardboard boxes. That yeah, have... I mean, if you're, you know, talking about being sustainable, but if you, if you are driving to a big supermarket, that's perfect for just loading it up and then loading it into into the car yeah we also have to just give a name check to there's some great kind of low waste schemes like olio who mm -hmm. we've actually had on the podcast in in the past and um, mm -hmm. that's a great episode and and they're an app which um you just log into the app um tell them which area you're in and then you get a list of things that people can't use that week mm -hmm. in the, from their shopping you know yeah. it might be like half a bag of carrots it might be some milk that's about to go up. It doesn't sound very attractive, but there are really good stuff as well, like, you know, excess jars of peanut butter. Yeah. And you can literally go and get them for free. And it's a it's a it's a consumer to consumer service. No, mm -hmm. there's no charge. Nobody gets no. involved. It's such a brilliant idea. Yeah, it's it, it particularly for for me and recipe testing, it's it's been so good because I like we we do end up with half packets of stuff because we're testing a recipe mm. and it's like not a meal that we're cooking for dinner obviously we will try and turn it into meals but often we might have to test a few in a day and you do end up with those half packets people will come will come and get stuff you know yeah. well we uh, we my, my fiance also works in food and we do like bundle bags so basically we'll just put loads of stuff in a bag and be like it's loads of food based stuff come and see in this you know might be some gems in there people always come and get it do they? That's yeah yeah brilliant. yeah so, i think for me it's 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 honestly it's drastically re reduced our, our food waste yeah. because yeah, and people, pe you know, like there's the people are really willing to come and, come yeah, and get stuff. Yeah, I think it's great. And, and, and actually, when I spoke to one of the founders of Olio on the podcast, um, she said that they'd over lockdown, they'd gone, I think they'd quadrupled the amount of people mm. because 
obviously people couldn't get stuff, but then people were being more conscious about, I've got, I can't chuck all of this stuff out when people yeah. can't get shopping. Yeah. I'm going to put it up on all you and people are going to come and get it. So I think, I think more stuff like that would be great. And, and, you know, people are embracing it. It's a, a different way of living basically. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's talk about, um, what to buy. I mean, in terms of sustainability, what sort of things should we be looking at when we're out shopping? Um, I mean, buying the best veg that are in season, yeah. I mean, is, is for me is a complete no brainer, but often takes a bit of thinking or, you know, ch changing. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it takes a bit of thinking, really, because in lots of supermarkets, there's so much stuff that isn't seasonal. But if you like, you know, just bearing in mind that you're going into supermarket and it's autumn. So to really look out for root veg mm. or if it's peak summer, you know, that tomatoes are going to be good. You know, it's not it's not like massive changes, but it's just being mindful of, mm. of what season you're in to try and then shop for like veg that is, is, is as seasonal as possible. Yeah. And, and I mean, most veg will, you know, there'll be a clue on there. It will say the, the country it's come from. So if it has come from halfway across the world, you can just kind of, because, you know, we're, we vote with our feet, really, don't yeah. we? Like, you know, if, we, if we're all buying veg in season, then mm -hmm. hopefully that, that'll become a bit more popular. Also, it's a lot cheaper yeah. because it's abundant. Yeah. So you're saving money as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like on, on pretty much all the packs now in supermarkets, it'll say, yeah, often where the farm in the UK or exactly whereabouts yeah. in the UK it's from or not in the UK. And, um, you know, if you're really looking to be sustainable, cutting down on those air miles um, for your food, um, play play quite a big part yeah and what about wonky veg what's that because I've, I've heard a lot about that recently well i don't know if, if you've ever grown anything not everything grows perfectly really <laughs> i know I, I, maybe i this is my lockdown thing i grew a few things that weren't perfect um <laughs> well done but um yeah i think you, we don't realize but actually the farmers and the producers are under like strict stipulations to have perfectly straight carrots mm. and you know courgettes which are like you know, put all these things that you don't really think about because you just see them in the supermarket and they're like, that's a courgette. But actually a courgette, when it grows, could be, you know, a U-shape or, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> not, not everything's perfect. And I think um, a lot of that um, can go to waste. Mm. Um, but there's loads of things now where you can, um, you can buy, you can get your wonky veg from. So if you, like any sort of farmer's markets or things like that, mm. where you can, like where possible, um, they'll just have, you know, I think even a lot of the supermarkets are embracing the wonky veg yeah. as well and are now saying to, you know, they, I think the price point's slightly cheaper as well, where, you know, you can buy a, a bag of wonky carrots or courgettes, like you said, and mm -hmm. they'll be there on the shelves with everything else. Mm -hmm. And again, if we if we vote with our, with our purses and we go and buy that veg, then there's a demand for it, then more of it gets, you know, in, into the supply chain. So yeah. it's, it's a win for everybody, really. And a wonky veg is just as good as a straight veg. Like it's <laughs> literally, it's just the same. It's just, it's just slightly yeah. different shaped. There's also like talking about, you know, good schemes. Um, there's things like Oddbox, which we featured in all of before as well, which is a, a veg box scheme based solely on wonky veg. Yeah where they're not like stipulating that anything has to be a particular way mm -hmm. and you you sign up to it and you get a you get a veg box of um of strangely shaped or sometimes normally shaped veg. Just, yeah sometimes there's matter. some perfect ones so how's that made it and you could have sold that for, uh, for the top top buck <laughs> but i think that's a great scheme to look at it as is. well and um, um, also those odd boxes also are uh, well there's there's one called box but um they're often really seasonable as, as well. Yeah. So that is kind of two wins. Yeah. Double win. Yeah. So so they're basically saying to farmers, what have you got at the minute? We'll package it up, sell it. And, you know, everybody, yeah. Everyone's a winner. Yep. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask you about, because I've seen this quite a lot, and I know I've said again where, you know, 
people are overworked they've got less time mm -hmm. but there's there's still on the shelves you know packages of like pre-prepared veg and stuff which is great time saver but not really great for sustainability is it no often um one they'll be in plastic because once it's chopped they have to keep them all mm -hmm. the bits together um and you'll pay more for it really you know that's like process that someone's had to do so um yes that obviously they might save you five minutes 10 minutes but um yeah they'll, they'll come wrapped in plastic and, and cost you more really and like i think where possible yeah. you know if it's you know you get packs of like baton carrot and stuff like that where you could just slice it you know or, you know it doesn't for me it like doesn't take mm. but and, and if you're wanting to be more sustainable for me that'd be like an e really easy 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 win yeah stick around for more tips tricks and advice from adam I mean, we're talking about cooking in a different episode to this, but I think I, I was looking at a pack of, of squash that was chopped up and, you know, I ended up thinking that would save me. And then and then I saw the squash was pretty much like half the price for, you know, probably twice the weight. Yeah, yeah. So I bought the I bought the big squash. I cut it up myself. I made whatever stew it was. And then I made a soup with the rest of it and froze it. So yeah. it's just, you know, you if you think about it like that, you can eke that out to make an extra meal or something. Yeah. So again, you're saving waste and you're saving money. Mm -hmm. um, what about alternative veg? Because often, you know, we will think, oh, this recipe needs this veg. But I know that you've done some quite clever things recently, haven't you? Yeah. So I wrote um, a sort of like prawn cocktail or it was langoustine cocktail for the Christmas uh, issue. But I obviously we might classically have like chopped avocado in it yeah. and we were kind of trying to be looking at being more sustainable in the issue so I, I was looking at things that I could sort of swap out for avocado because I know it comes from the other side of the world and I was trying to think mm. of something which is be more local and um, I actually swapped it out for broad beans because mm. they're sort of like one color wise they're pretty similar and actually the sort of that sort of um, really soft texture actually works like was was actually really similar yeah, it's all, it is it's, it's it's sort of like quite meaty but creamy texture yeah. as well isn't it so and obviously you know that adam saying christmas issue might make everyone sort of jerk oh, yeah. a bit Sorry. but it, it will actually be out when this podcast comes out because yeah. our christmas issue is on shelf on october the 28th mm -hmm. and this is coming out october the 29th um the reason for that is just to give people a really good run up at like planning and looking at all the recipes and everything and it's going to be on sale for a long time but um but yeah when i saw that recipe i thought oh that's so clever also broad beans have become like the new frozen peas I mm. think, as well haven't mm. they as in they're, they're great for freezing yeah and, yeah and um and if you pop them out of their kind of second uh, slightly um, leathery skin mm. you've got that beautiful little bright green, bright green inner, yeah which like you said plays off as, as an avocado mm -hmm. i also think things like um using peas and yeah. guacamole at, rather than if, if we're talking about avocados yeah, yeah. which get a bad rap but i think yeah. you know for good reasons there's you know there's a lot of air miles involved and other farming issues involved. yeah yeah but um I made pea guacamole and it's fab because yeah, you get yeah. that lovely creamy texture. You know, you add your garlic and your lime, mm -hmm. bit of cumin, bit of red onion and yeah, yeah. slap that on a taco. And who's going to know the difference? Nah, I'll <laughs> definitely shovel that away, I can tell you. Um, let's talk about eggs because there's been a lot of talk about l large eggs recently and yeah. why we shouldn't be using them. Um, it's just quite stressful for the hens, I think. Um, I think we've 
sort of it's it's i don't know when it happened but we kind of moved to being large being the normal and mm. sort of sought after um and yeah they're just kind of not great for the hens themselves yeah. to, to be yeah to, to be laying an egg of, of that size yeah. um so i think where possible um media uh, we we've changed all our recipes to be like medium is now the right, the, cool. the yeah. thing so like if you see eggs in our thing it, it will be stipulating unless we say large yeah um, it, will, it will always mean medium um but you can buy mixed weight um boxes now yeah. um which basically just take some of the pressure off the farmer really yeah. to be again it's sort of like the wonky veg you know it's like having to be growing or making or you know producing these perfectly and and that in itself reduces waste because a mixed box of eggs will mean that you know you get a mixed box of eggs so they'll better sell all their small their yeah, medium so whatever large. the hen lays they can put it in a box and yeah sell it. i i personally always go for mixed weight because i like a bargain mm-hmm. and the mixed weight eggs you can get you know really lovely free-range organic mixed weight box of 10 and they're so much cheaper than yeah. getting the large eggs and for me it doesn't make any difference because no. i'm I'm not, I think if you, for example, if you were doing something like making macarons or something where you'd be weighing your egg whites anyway, but in most cake recipes, you know, just they sit in for each other. It's it's not not going to be, I've I've read, I've read up on this and I I don't think someone can challenge me on it. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. But um, again, if you're a patisserie um, baker, then that would be slightly different. But I think for most people just using your mixed weight eggs is absolutely fine. And sometimes I will cook myself two eggs instead of one because that I'm tell myself that they're small <laughs> because I'm greedy. <laughs> um, what about fish? Because obviously the messaging about fish changes all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky one, really. But there's like there's a few things you can do to ensure that you're eating as you know sustainable fish as possible. Um, I think looking out for the MSC label, mm-hmm. which is the Marine Stewardship Council mm-hmm. label, um, which basically guarantees it's come from a sustainable source. It's like probably the, the, for me, it would be the first thing mm-hmm. I'd look for. Um, and then basically it, it's, it's sort of similar to the veggies, like thinking about what fish come from our waters and, yeah. and trying to cold you know water fish, cold yeah. water fish you know like mackerel you know the like things that that come from like gurnards yeah. you know the, our mussels our oysters things yeah. like that sardines there's also i was reading something about hake because i love hake and i mm-hmm. know you love hake it's such mm-hmm. a beautiful fish mm-hmm. but we export most of it to spain because they yeah, love it because they because they, they know how good it is yeah but actually, you know, if we bought more of that, we might see more of that on the shelf. But that's a, that's a beautiful white fish yeah, that yeah. is pretty sustainable at the minute. But as yeah. you said, checking the MSC. There's also the ASC, which is the Aquaculture Stewardship Council, because there's a, there's a lot of um, messaging around, you know, farmed fish. And mm. what, they, what they do is they go and look at um, aquaculture, which is fish farming of all types, and they give it a certificate for like sustainability and for good farming practices. So you can look out for those two labels. Oh, yeah, I didn't actually screen. know about that. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and finally, what what about meat? Because we're being told to eat less meat, um, you know, being told to eat more sustainable meat. What mm-hmm. sort of things should we be looking at? Um, yeah, I think if you wanted to be more sustainable, it's just eating less, yeah. really. Um, but maybe looking for alternative meat. So maybe looking at venison. Mm. Um, and the reason why that's more sustainable is because it's it's completely free range. Like you, you basically can't not like mass produce venison, really. Yeah. Um, and um, it, like around the UK, it has to be cold just to keep the numbers in check. So the deers are like, just to clarify, when we say you can't, it means you, you you're not keeping them in like a barn. No. The venison have to run free in order yeah. to live like yeah, a deer. Yeah. Um 
So they'd be on like a piece of land yeah. that the farmer owns running yeah. free, but because they're producing naturally, mm-hmm. then they have to they have to sort of colour certain amount anyway. Yeah, just to keep the you know the the ecosystem in check, because otherwise yeah. they'd strip all the bark from the trees, or you know it's like everything. It, there's a natural balance that needs to be kept. Yeah. Um, so which means that yeah, eating venison is actually a really sustainable um, option. Yeah, and we've we've done a couple of podcasts with James Wetlaw from Cabrito mm. about goat, which mm-hmm. is a, which is a new thing on the market and something that we're hoping does become a lot more popular. And it's a bit of a it's a bit of a double edged sword because goat meat is 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 there because it's a byproduct of the dairy industry. Mm. So basically, in the past, you know, billy goats would just be culled at birth. Yeah. Whereas this new system that they're trying to introduce allows them to sort of live a certain life and then you know, go into the, the, the meat production system, mm-hmm. but at least that they're used for something and yeah, they're not just, yeah. they're not just waste. a waste product because yeah. that would be, that's, that's horrible. And actually goat, um, kid goat is, kid goat meat is nothing like goat that you may have had in the past, which can be a little bit old and woolly. It's, mm. it's delicious. And it is. It's, um, and if you look online, there's, there's various sources of that. And I think the last time I spoke to James, they were trying to get inroads into, they're, they're definitely in restaurants and they're trying to get inroads into some kind of, bigger shops and supermarkets as well mm-hmm. so that's a good one to look out for um you could also look at eating maybe some alternative cuts like yeah. like offal like liver kidneys um and even tripe if you're brave my granddad used to eat tripe with just boiled with salt and pepper on it yeah no thanks no <laughs> i'd need a little bit more i like and um, there's actually a sichuan recipe uh, restaurant near me and they do wonderful things with mm. tripe which um yeah. Oh, I mean, that sounds a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. But you, I mean, you've done loads of recipes as well for lesser known cuts of meat, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, actually I'm saying lesser known now, things like shin are getting a little bit more expensive, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but, yeah. but more of the brazen stuff, like the lamp, you know, lamp pork neck, yeah, things like pork, that. pork collar. Yeah. The, there's some fantastic cuts out there. There mm. really is that, are, you know, the, maybe um, not widely seen or more becoming more seen in supermarkets as the demand grows. Yeah, but, so maybe um, try, try, especially now we're going into stew braising season, aren't we? So yeah. some of those, some of the slower cuts are always a, a, a good choice because, you know, the prime cuts of like steak that always sells. So maybe going for the lesser cuts is mm-hmm. good as well. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, that's brilliant. Thanks so much, Adam. So much um, information there. I know we've got tons of guides. We've got meat guides and everything online at mm-hmm. olivemagazine.com as well. So people can go and check that out if they want to. Um, thanks so much for coming to chat to us today. No worries. That was the Olive Magazine podcast. For more information on things in this episode or to listen to our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, head to olivemagazine.com.